0: Sega Bits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things Sega. with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. So what? No, I did it right. I'm right. I'm always
1: right. Hello, and welcome to talk. I'm your host, George, and with me, like always, is my shadow, my dark side, I guess. I don't know. Is that what it is in this game? Barry <laughs> the Hedgehog.
0: Hello, George. How's it
1: going? Um, we're going to be talking more about Shadow the Hedgehog, which, let's be honest, Sonic the Adventure 2 is Shadow the Hedgehog, the video game. Uh,
0: Just start the damn show. <laughs>
1: all right, all right uh before we start the show we start talking about our memories first we always started off with if there's a patreon pick which is a tier on our patreon Mm. which you can check us out on (laughs) www.patreon.com slash segabits you could pick an episode and this episode was picked by daniel undress he uh even said like this is going to be an impossible episode to do so we took on the challenge. And to be honest, it was really hard because Sonic Adventure 2 has a lot of stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, can you read his message? And his memories? Can
0: I? Alright. And his memories. Alright, well this is what Daniel Andres had to say. He said, Sonic Adventure 2 was the first 3D Sonic game that I ever played or saw. It's Also, the fourth Sonic game that I have ever been exposed to, after coming off of Sonic 1, 2, and Advanced. I distinctly remember my family's Christmas of 2002, when I was at the young age of 8 years old. There was a special boxed shape gift labeled Under Family that we were all excited and anxious to open. Lo lo and behold, it was the Nintendo GameCube and... Uh, My very second home console after coming off the Dreamcast, we also had a few games with it. Super Mario Sunshine, Mario Party 5, and of course, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. I was awe-inspired when I saw Sonic jumping out of the helicopter in that opening cutscene. I felt confused when I first saw Shadow with his very similar look to Sonic. But also intrigued, I remember wanting to see more of this game's story after seeing such moments like these and with Tails and Amy freeing Sonic from Prison Island, the mysterious writing on the prison walls. Not to mention this game was the first time that I ever saw the Master Emerald in that moment between Knuckles and Rouge's feud. I didn't even know what the Chaos Emeralds were yet. That wasn't until I saw Sonic X, which this was all right before. At first, I personally didn't get that far in the game. I spent a lot of time watching my older brother Robert and his friends mess around with the game and progressing the story. However, my younger sister Brianna and I, we absolutely loved the Chows. I still love them to this day. I remember that I had one blue Chow named Speedy who was a beast at racing and karate. However, I never really let the poor guy sleep and after a while, he got sleep paralysis. I feel really bad about that to this day, as I really didn't properly know how to take care of them at that time. Now my main chow is a chow named Kawa, who I've named after my daughter, River. For the longest time, I couldn't beat SA2B. I finally made it to canon's core after my surprised expression from unlocking the last story episode. I didn't have Knuckles' Arab necklace yet, let alone even known that it had existed. An old acquaintance of mine from middle school told me all about it and exactly what I had to do. This was all in 8th grade. I didn't beat the game until I was 14, and it, um, and it's the first Sonic the game that I have ever finished. I love SA2 so, so much. From its gameplay, to its music, to its atmosphere. Not to mention all the unique playable character types. The first time playing City Escape and Metal Harbor were awesome and fantastic. The epicness of having to beat the clock in Green Forest, the frustrations that I felt with stages like Security Hall, Media Herd, and Mad Space, or the fun I had blowing up gun robots in weapons bed or cosmic wall each time that i finished a stage in this game i felt a big victory to me i will never ever forget for the first time i ever saw the epic moment of shadow and sonic turning super or even the final hazard itself still one of the greatest sonic final bosses ever right next to solaris or metal madness in my opinion somewhere in between there at the time i didn't think too deeply about sa2b Now, after all that time later, I have had a lot deep thoughts of um, it as a whole. It's how how it's Sega's last huge console Sonic game, and that shadow is really the heart and soul of the whole game, or that it has impacted so many people and has birthed a lot of Sonic fans all over the world. I mean, that is huge. The game is, without a mind's doubt, the most loved Sonic game ever. And to close things out, he says... It's a shame, really, that it doesn't seem like Sega has any big plans for the game this year. Don't get me wrong, I'm very appreciative and happy for what they're doing. I'm still looking forward to Sonic Colors Unleashed and Sonic Origins and Sonic Rangers. However, this is only 10% of what I was hoping that Sega had announced for the 30th anniversary. I was really hoping that we would have gotten a ginormous Sonic the Hedgehog history game collection for the end of the year. Just ports of the games with a brand new Sonic 3 3 remake. from Christian Whitehead and later on sometime in 2022 we could have gotten like a DLC bonus of SA1 and 2 or something. Um, however, we also would have had Sonic Adventure 3 announcement. Wow, this guy's really dreaming next to yeah, the game collection. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, this is and a lot of dreaming.
0: I, and I'd Im- I know, I'd imagine Aaron Weber, Yuji Naka, and Takashi Izuka coming out on stage and saying, don't worry, it is coming. We just need a little more time for an hour Here's all the other Sonic content, but that didn't happen. Oh, well, a man can dream. Anyway, here's to, to uh, 20 years... Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? Here's to 20 years Sonic Adventure 2, which is turning 20 this mm-hmm. year. Even though if the rest of the series is technically your sequel, I still hope for a Sonic Adventure 3. And I also hope that I will leave it an impact on old and new Sonic fans and gamers, just like you did. So if that tells you <laughs> how important this game is to some people, and believe it or not, we got another long one coming up at the end of the show. Oh, but, um,
1: I I know people really, 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 really like Sonic Adventure 2. It's like this massive game to a lot of people. And, you know, I had mixed feelings about the game, but now going back and looking at all the info that I had to gather, I'm like, this is a massive video game like a, for a platformer. Um, right. So um, the... Obviously, Sonic Adventure 2 was huge, just like we heard from that Patreon me- message from Daniel. Um, mm. And it was and it, it was supposed to be the follow-up. For us, I mean, he got it for battle. But for us, the uh, more old-school, I guess, Sonic fans that were older at the time, it was so, the way Sonic Adventure 2 opened the chapter for us for the Dreamcast, Sonic Adventure 2 sadly closed the Dreamcast's lifespan. This was kind of marketed at the time like the end of the Dreamcast, and this was like the last big present, or last big AAA game we got. And of course, we're also going to talk about the enhanced, I mean, I guess I'm doing quotation marks, Uh port on the GameCube called Sonic 2 Battle. Uh, that's actually brought a lot of discussion online, and there's a lot of YouTubers making videos about how uh, either Sonic... Adventure 2 or Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is the best, po- the best version of the game. We'll talk more about that later. But, uh, what are your memories of Sonic Adventure 2 and Sonic Adventure 2 Battle? And I just want to say that, yes, this game turns 20 years old tomorrow because it came out on the 23rd to be the 10th anniversary of Sonic. So, yes, tomorrow, recording this episode this is the 22nd. Tomorrow is the 23rd going to be the 20th anniversary it's crazy that this was 10 years right from sonic one yeah and 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 it feels like sonic one from sonic adventure two there was such a leap in technology and gameplay and now we're 20 years later double the time span it doesn't feel that huge
0: no it doesn't at all though you know if, if you're fishing for memories i've got several Mm. Um, though I'll keep it brief because I'm sure I'll be sprinkling my memories of the game throughout the episode, but, um, Sonic Adventure 2 was a big one for me just because it was really the first Sonic game that I was there for, uh, on release since really, gosh, I, I want to say maybe like Sonic and Knuckles maybe, because I mean, sure, 3D Blast, I got like day of release, but looking back, that you know, it's not... It's not like a main series game. It wasn't a big deal at the time. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that comes out soon. Let's go buy it. Um, but this is the the first one that was both a real event and I was, like, there for a day and date. Because, you know, Dreamcast I didn't get until a few months later because that September 9th release date's great and all. But when you are, like, a kid, you don't really get anything until Christmas or even your birthday if your birthday falls between September and Christmas. So... Um, yeah, it was just, it was really exciting, uh, that a new Sonic Adventure game was coming out, though it was also a little bittersweet because I think people forget that the Dreamcast was announced to be dead. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe January or February of that year, they made the announcement in 2001, but they were like, it, it was strange because, you know, looking back, it's very sad, but I remember at the time it was like, wait, so it's discontinued, but there's still games coming out. And, like, the push behind this game was huge. There was, um and I'm sure we'll talk about the trial disc mm-hmm. that's in the notes. Oh, yeah,
1: it's definitely uh, in the notes.
0: But But that was, like, that was a big deal because I was starting to get into Fantasy Star Online because I was of the age where that was kind of, like, something for me to get into. And the idea of a, a trial disc for the new Sonic game being included in it is just huge. So I was, like... I played that first before I played PSO just because I was like, I got to get into this. So I played a few rounds of that trial disc and then I was hooked. And so I, yeah, I was, uh I pre-ordered it. It was one of the first games I pre-ordered because I knew that birthday pack was coming. Mm-hmm. Um okay. And unfortunately they did not give me the birthday pack because uh I forgot what game place it was. Maybe EB Games or something, but they suck. Yeah. Because what they did... They, so they were like, if you, if you buy the game on the release day, you get this birthday pack. Okay, well, I'll pre-order the game so that I can lock in my birthday pack. I show up after school and they say, oh no, we gave them all out. And I'm like, wait, so you are giving them out to anyone coming into the door, whether they pre-ordered or not. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I pre-ordered, you set it aside for me. And they're like, oh, that's not how we're doing it. I was so pissed off. And so I, um... I think I bought it online from like NCSX or something. Like one of those, uh, you know, early websites that were uh, selling Dreamcast games. And I mean, from then on, I was good. I had my birthday pack, I had my game, and I just loved it. You know, I, Um as for SA2 Battle, I don't want to like, uh, you know, pee, pee in Daniel's pool, but I did not like the GameCube ports, even though I never played them, because they just angered me. It just seemed like, they slapped a, a word on the end and were like, "It's a better version." But I was like, "It doesn't look better." And then in hindsight, like they weren't better games. Like Sonic Adventure DX is awful, and Sonic Adventure Two Battle is like two-player DLC. All right, I just I'm not a big fan. All right, I don't right. like it.
1: Well, I have some notes <laughs> where I I might change your mind, but I, I I guess you're one of the haters I talk about later in the show. That's cool. That's cool, but just like you my first exposure yeah. to actually playing it was uh the trial disc and i actually did not buy fantasy star online at the time first a friend of mine bought it and i used to go to his house to play the trial disc over and over and over again and it, i just thought like city escape was so well done that like that sold me on the game that's all i had to see it was like it was just like uh sonic 1 when you the beach level with the whale but it was like it turned up to 11 uh, the graphics were incredible for the time. Um, it, it was smooth. Uh, it had the new mechanics, the grinding and all that and uh, I, I was sold I was sold one hundred percent on that. Um Phantasy Star Online was also great, obviously. and so those are my early memories with the game beating it, uh, using uh, probably spending way more time in the chow. Uh, Adventure Two Battle, I will say, if you're a chow fan, Battle, uh, battle actually does have enough changes and additions to make it worth your while to actually come back and play that portion of the game. As for the regular right. game, there's changes that are obviously very negative, especially if you come from the Dreamcast that you're like, come on, that should be in here. Um, right. So let's get into development. Unsurprisingly, okay. Sonic Adventure was a huge hit for Sega and a great way to launch the Dreamcast. But during the launch of Sonic Adventure, we also got another offshoot of Sonic Team, led by Sonic Adventure director Takashi Azuka. They created Sonic Team USA, which was based out of San Francisco, where Sonic uh, or Sega Technical Institute, who developed Sonic 2 slash 3 slash N Knuckles, used to live. And then they got closed down, and then they reopened this branch of Sonic Team. this would mean that during the Dreamcast era, there were two Sonic teams, Japan and USA. The, uh, the first assignment that you, uh, Sonic Team USA got was the localization of the first Sonic Adventure. And if you know that about that game, they cleaned up a lot of bugs. They changed some of the graphics. They actually made it a lot better. Uh, you can all, you could listen about, we did a whole episode of Sonic Adventure and that's Sega Talk number 19. If you guys want to ch- uh, check that one out, um, after the full release of Sonic Adventure International, which they re-released in Japan and made them double-dip for the improvements, Sonic Team USA got to creating Sonic Adventure 2, while Sonic Team Japan, led by Yuji Naka, started to work on games such as Fantasy Star Online. Uh, did you know growing up that Sonic Team was split into two teams? And what was your opinion during this time of them creating games like Choo Choo Rocket Samba, The Amigo, and even Fantasy Star Online?
0: I I was well aware of it. I remember reading in magazines how it was a big deal that Sonic Adventure 2 was being made out of the U.S. Um, and I, I distinctly remember when I first started playing the game, I would like take a look at it and be like, this does seem a little more U.S. inspired, like there's... It's San Francisco, mm-hmm. you know, in the first stage. And then um, there's just, it just feels more American. Um, you play Sonic Adventure 1. And I always felt that like Station Square felt a little like European. Yeah. If anything, it didn't really feel like an American city. But yeah, SA2 just felt like American Sonic. And then on top of that, um, visual concepts uh was promoted as doing the motion capture. I remember in early articles, they would talk about that too. And, you know, what is what is Visual Concepts known for? NFL 2K. So to have like the NFL 2K guys working on a Sonic game, like how you can't get any more American than that.
1: So, um, get, well, I actually have to agree with you. Uh, I didn't know about the split into two teams. I just thought they were just Sonic team and they like worked really, really hard and made a lot of good games. Because at the time they were going crazy. They were just like every other week they had another new game coming out. But, uh, it, it, this is funny that I re- I'm reading the notes and it's like, uh, it, it starts off with Azuka saying that the first thing they did in, in development was fix the story. But I also read some of the other interviews later and he says that they never, that this isn't about the story. But that's when you read about development, that's the first thing he tried to fix. So it, it's Azuka being weird in interviews like always. But yes, and one of the biggest, things they wanted to introduce was a dark sonic. Uh this was no that's how he was known for in early development. This would mean that mm-hmm. there would be yet another new character introduced to the Sonic universe. Uh when we talk about Shadow, uh we they actually showed off his early sketches where he had the scars and stuff. You remember that? We talked about that I do, in yeah. the Sega news bits. So if you guys want to check that out, I don't want to get too into this on here, but He kind of looked like um, uh, the guy from Sonic 06 more than he did Shadow, and he kind of looked – I would say I like the Shadow we got. I think that was our assessment in that video, and I think I stand by by it. Um, But seeing that Sonic Adventure 2 is kind of – let's say Sonic Adventure is Mega Man and Sonic Adventure 2 is Mega Man X. Do you think that they needed to uh, make it more, I guess, teenage-friendly or grown-up? I wouldn't say it's grown-up. It still has a lot of like fantasy built into it, but it's definitely, compared yeah. to Adventure, it's like 10 years later kind of a, a thing for the audience.
0: Yeah, I would say, I, I think it worked because at the time, 2001, let's see, how old was I? 84, 94... Boy, yeah, I was I was a teenager, late teens maybe. Mm. Um so, you know, it it definitely was targeting me. I think if the game came out and played like Sonic Lost World or something and felt very kiddy or Sonic Colors, I probably wouldn't have been in, as into it. Um, you know, people forget that the gritty storylines were actually good. Mm-hmm. At one point, that's why there are fans of it. So, Sonic Adventure 2 was kind of like peak good gritty story before 100%. the before the dark times, <laughs> you know,
1: I, I agree 100% with that. I think Mega Man X isn't really even a grown up story either. It's just more anime ish, more like a teenage shonen jump. Right. So
0: it felt like a Dragon Ball Z Sonic story. It's
1: like, yeah, like Dragon Ball where like Dragon Ball was more like farts, joke, butt jokes for kids. And then Dragon Ball Z was more like, uh, I'm going to punch you in the face really hard and scream and people are going to die that's fine i I like that yeah (laughs) yeah that's kind of what it was um um, let's talk about adding new characters um i think that even in this time every single sonic game had a new character so the fact that when i was reading back in the day they were like do we need another new character And and at this point i'm like you gotta understand though has there been a sonic game to this point that didn't add a new character and what's your opinion about adding new characters in sonic games
0: I mean, at the time you have to remember we it was basically Sonic One, Sonic Two, Sonic Three and Knuckles, Sonic Adventure. Like that that was kind of the main thing. Um I, I really don't feel like the main series was like a known though. Like we still were we were playing Sonic Adventure and still thinking of like Spinball and 3D Blast. I don't think there was a big uh line drawn for fans there. Um you get the birthday pack for Sonic Adventure 2, and they very clearly add, like, a bunch of those other games in there. So, um with that in mind, it didn't really feel like they were adding a lot of characters because even though we were kind of getting, like, one new character per game, um, the party games just kind of kept all those ca- characters. You know what I mean? Like, racing didn't add a bunch of new unique characters. So, I don't know. Like, it didn't bother me. What, what was it? Like, Shadow and Rouge. That's yeah. it, right? Yeah. Oh, and they cut out, they cut out big, they cut out E one hundred and two. Yeah. So really, it just felt like they they were replacing those. it they felt like replacements.
1: And they also um, uh, had, and uh, I think that's
0: what a lot of kids were thinking at the time. Yeah.
1: They also had uh, Doctor Eggman's grandpa and Maria. I mean, I don't know; those aren't really playable characters. they're just story characters.
0: Yeah, those are NPCs. Yeah. So no, not even NPCs. Those are like uh, dead NPCs. Uh, <laughs> Cutscene characters, <laughs> background characters for sure. It's, yeah. it's like the
1: president. Dead
0: NPC. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, like, I guess, yeah, to, to answer your question again, even though I think I just did, um, they were replacements. They weren't new character. I mean, they were new to the series, but they weren't added on. It's not like, oh, now you can play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, E-102, Big. Don't you know, it wasn't like that, president. really. <laughs> um, but Amy was cut out, too. Amy was an NPC. Not even an NPC. Cutscene character. It's not like you could... Go up and talk to her, I don't think. She should
1: have joined... There were no
0: adventure fields. She should
1: have joined Shadow. She should have joined Shadow and she could have looked for treasure.
0: (gasps) Has any fan made an Amy Shadow? You know what I'm talking about? Like a dark Amy? Oh
1: my god, probably, yeah. Don't Google it, please, guys. I'm going to
0: draw that
1: right now, guys. Okay, (laughs) rumor of Sonic (laughs) Adventure 2 started all the way back in May 11th, 2000. Uh, then Sonic, and then Sonic Team actually came out and finally released a handful of screenshots at E3 and a trailer. This gave us the first mm-hmm. glimpse of the game, which showed off City Escape, Knuckles, Dr. Eggman, and the return of Chow Garden, and a small glimpse in the end of Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, this would be the first- Ooh, ex- I remember that. This would be the first exposure to a lot of, uh, at least Dreamcast fans. If you were a Nintendo fan, you probably- don't know i mean you have probably never seen this this would be the first time let's play it are you ready this was uploaded on a little site called the sonic stadium have you heard of them they're they're pretty popular i have i gotta give them credit They... they gotta give them credit because i was looking at sonic adventure 2 info from 2001 and they were posting about it in 2001 so uh kudos to whoever posted those posts
0: Yeah, Yeah. good for them.
1: So uh, here's the trailer. One, two, three. let's take a look. Sonic Team Presents.
0: Oh, it uses the Sonic Adventure sounds. I forgot about that. Like the, the intro to Open Your Heart.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's weird. Oof. Techno Dancing Welcome to our club Justice Evil Yin Yang Yin Yang Light Shadow (laughs) Creation Destruction Truth
1: Lie (laughs) I like
0: it Original Fake Future Past, Chaos Cosmos, (laughs) Hero Dark, Master Emerald, High Speed Escape, World Conquest, Sonic the Hedgehog, Knuckles the Echidna. Dr. Eckerman Showdown. (laughs) Revenge. Chaos Emerald again. Top Secret Weapon.
1: Ultimate Life. In Shadow, right here. 10th anniversary. Sonic 10th anniversary. That's probably one of the best the anniversaries... New perf- the
0: new perfume from Dreamcast.
1: It's an interesting... What the... It's the interesting trailer. Uh, it's uh, very, like... Uh, it actually started a lot of people to get upset after it came out, apparently. One of the things the fans noticed that liked Sonic Adventure was the lack of other friends. Uh, mainly tails, from which this... Tra- uh, mm-hmm. From the trailer, so... Yuji Naka apparently had to dodge a lot of questions during this time period because he, <laughs> he, he didn't really want to say yes. He just kept on either dodging the question and all, all of it and just changing the subject or he'll say wait and see. And uh, so and um, see. a few months after E3 2000 trailer, in, on September 22nd, Sonic, and Sega, Sonic, Team and, Sega, uh, Sonic Team and Sega held a Sonic Team Festival on SegaTeam.com. SonicTeam.com. This was an early Mm -hmm. start of online marketing at the time. Um, They would release screenshots every day for 10 days. And they released a ton of screenshots. Um, I couldn't find the start of it on the Wayback Machine. But I do have one right here um, if you're watching the video where what their website used to look like. Um, So it's very bad. I mean, you know how it was back in the early 2000s. I just like the fact that they have their picture down here in San Francisco in the bottom. And it says, what do you think? Stay tuned for more information from Sonic Team USA here in San Francisco. So it was like way more personalized, <laughs> right? With the developers and stuff. And it felt like right. it's, it's like something that they should, I don't know, bring back where the developers give you little messages like this and they make a bigger deal about the developers. I feel like that kind of arrow oh, is, is coming gone. So, that's cool. Um, I will say, do you remember the time when people were discussing um, the whole, like... Tra- I don't remember the trailer specifically, but I remember people saying that the early, like, in on forums or whatever, even though I couldn't find any info on this, it was just people talking on forums, right? Where they said that the, yeah. the original idea behind Sonic Adventure 2 was supposed to be that you play as uh, Sonic... Uh, what was it? Knuckles and Eggman. And you guys are trying to stop, yep. uh, Shadow the Hedgehog, who's just an NPC, non playable character. And that, uh, Ooh. and that, um, they changed it because people got upset that they wanted more gameplay. So they compromised by basically cloning every character. So Sonic was Shadow. Uh, Knuckles was, uh, Rouge, which doesn't make any sense. She wasn't even shown until way later in development. And then that uh, Eggman in Tails, obviously, because everybody kept on asking about Tails. Um, That's the rumor I heard. And when I started seeing the notes, I'm like, I can see why people would think that. But uh, do you ever hear that that rumor about that?
0: I I have not heard that rumor. I remember when people were saying Shadow's name was going to be like Terios or something. Um, Mm. That was weird. There were lots of weird rumors. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it also depends on like where you are. Like some, a lot of these things would happen like in schoolyards. Definitely in schoolyards. So you wouldn't see it online. Other times it would happen in, um, man, I wasn't in the Sonic Stadium forums at the time. I don't even know what state they were in, but I was in the Sonic Foundation forums and they were a pretty, like, I think at the time, like the biggest Sonic forums, Mm. um, And they were only forums from... No, no, no. They had a website function, but it wasn't like a blog or anything. And yeah, there was just like a lot of strange things being said back then. Um, But I remember Eggman being playable. I think there was just... I think there maybe was like a general fear that Shadow would replace Eggman and you wouldn't get to play as him. Mm. Which makes sense because we didn't know at the time that there would be a hero-villain mechanic. no We just thought... We were just thinking Sonic Adventure rules, and we're like, well, then Eggman becomes good, and then you fight the bad guy, which is Shadow. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense. It makes sense.
1: Um, So this is the first time in this game that we got the grinding mechanic, and also the first time we got to play as Dr. Eggman as a playable character in a mainline Sonic Mm -hmm. game. Uh what are your opinions uh on this aspect of Sonic Adventure? Like the fact that you could grind and now you get to play as Eggman. Was that a big deal to you? Did you even think about it or did you just play the game and were like, "Oh cool, it's Eggman," I guess?
0: I I well, first off, the grinding mechanic, I remember at the time, I think both in the official Dreamcast magazine and just like amongst fans there was a thought that it was Jet Set Radio that really pushed Sega to make this change because it was it's like one to one Jet Set Radio you jump and you grind on a thing. Other people were saying, oh, it's because Tony Hawk is really big right now. Um, I don't really know why Sega did it. Maybe we'll maybe you'll tell me and I'll like learn something new.
1: They didn't but, talk about um, it, but yeah, people did say that Jet Set Radio was an influence within Sega. But at the same time, I feel like mm-hmm. Tony Hawk probably influenced Jet Set Radio in a way, but they made it their own version of it, like inline skating. Um, right. So after this, Sonic Team release Sonic Adventure Two: The Trial, with each copy of Fantasy Star Online giving gamers a way to play City Escape for the first time. In this stage, uh, the setup is that Sonic is jumping out of a hel- helicopter away from a group known as Gun. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. and city boarding throughout San Francisco. Uh, do you remember this time period when Fantasy Star Online 2 had the demo? And admit it, did you buy Fantasy Star Online just to play Sonic Adventure 2? <laughs> uh,
0: well, no, I, I intended to buy Fantasy Star Online because I remember all the hype behind it with Sonic Team connected. And really, I would buy any game with Sonic Team attached, so that wasn't a problem. But on top of that, I was a big fan of all the things the Dreamcast could do. And PSO was really the promise of online gameplay, which was promised from the beginning. And so Sonic Avenger 2 was just kind of like icing on the cake. I, Like I said, I remember playing it, but I, I played it like a few times because I was also itching to play PSO. But it was so difficult because I knew PSO, once you get into it, it's going to be a time suck. You have to set up your character. You know, it's not like an Xbox uh, or a PS5 where you can just, return to your menu and, like, switch between games. You know, no. it was like, once you're in, you're in. So I, I really, I played it, you know, two or three times, and then I was like, PSO two time, or PSO time, you know.
1: <laughs> so this is the first time we've seen Gun, which is something that was introduced with Shadow and the whole story. Um, what is your opinion on Gun, and do you think that they're still needed in the Sonic universe?
0: No, I don't think they're still needed. I think they... they had their reason to exist in this game, but we didn't need them to become an ongoing, you know, character in the series. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of a surprise though, to see this like military presence, um, suddenly capturing Sonic, especially after everyone was so friendly to him yeah, yeah, in Sonic Adventure. So it's not like it was like, it's not like the Sonic movie. And I think that's where the Sonic movie actually gets a lot of ideas is that the military, is after Sonic and as seen in this the Sonic movie 2 Gun will play a role. So in that sense it makes sense, but like in the Sonic universe it doesn't make sense that people are like, "Oh, who are these strange creatures?" like people were fine with it. People weren't like, "Oh my god, a talking hedgehog. Holy crap." Um, I do wish though that Sonic Unleashed made references to it. I think it would have been cool to like have them appear as a cameo and sure we got them in generations but that's more of a callback and not like a
1: continuation of
0: gun existing in the series so
1: yeah. well at this point we all knew that Dr. Eggman, Knuckles and and we even had a playable demo already right uh Shadow the Hedgehog and mm-hmm. even Rouge the Bat were kept secret until like typical Sonic Team fashion they got leaked uh this time by a toy company called Risaris. Do you guys do you remember these toys they used to make? They used to make Sonic Adventure ones. They are right there there on the shelf. They're kind of like Funko Pop where in a way where they're like crazy eyes and stuff, but you want to see the Sonic Adventure 2 toys? They never they never came out. They went out of business because I don't know about the it wasn't because of the leak. They financially went out of business before they released them. Um Mhm uh Sega wouldn't hype up the uh rogue the rouge the bat until April two thousand one basically two months before the game release, so they kept wow. they kept her under lock and key and that's why I, I was like, man, maybe that rumor was true right uh what do you think say Se- why do you right. think Sega took so long to even show her off like I felt like another new character would have just added more hype to the game like oh now there's a bat in this game with with big old <laughs> big old Brain? Watch yourself. Big brain? There you go. Big ears?
0: Yeah, I, now that you mention it, Rouge wasn't really on my mind until late. Yeah, so that was kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, okay. She's the Tails in the game, which is a really weird, um, she's like Tails' shadow, which is really bizarre. She's
1: supposed to be Knuckles' um, shadow, but. Cause
0: right? Well, I mean, technically she's like the Knuckles of the game, but she can fly. I don't know. Weird, weird stuff. Like, the fact that, like, Tails and Eggman are basically, like, rivals in this game is so weird.
1: So weird. Before we we move on to more talk, I, I have to talk about this, because it's one of the things that always bothered me growing up about this game was the Adventure Fields aspect of Sonic Adventure was completely cut out. Uh, I mean, it is mm. called Adventure Fields for a reason in a game called Sonic Adventure, uh i did I did read right. some interviews and was wondering what sonic team's p r answer was for this uh and this is azuka talking about it. He said in the original Sonic adventure you had you had the quick action sequences combined with field action sequences exploring item hunting, etc. in Sonic Adventure Two, we mixed the sequences depending on each character, for example, Sonic is the fast paced action sequence tails what uh was the shooting sequences. And Knuckles was the exploration item-finding sequences. So definitely doesn't say why right. there's no open hub world. But he says all the stuff you did on the hub world is within the game, so you don't actually need it. Um, what is your opinion on Sonic Team... Re- I guess. What is your opinion on this answer, or just Sonic Team removing Adventure Fields, period? I mean, I I don't
0: remember... Being too bothered at the time, I think it was like, oh, cool. So it's like the classic games where you just play stage after stage, but it mixes it up like in Sonic Adventure. So if anything, it's like, it's like speedrunning Sonic Adventure because instead of playing this character for three hours, this character for three hours, you play All of a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. And it, I, to be quite honest, like, I, I don't know if I prefer it, but it was new and different and faster paced at the time and that's i think that's a good thing um but yeah what what did you think of that
1: i really like the adventure field uh on on it i did notice it it wasn't a huge deal i think the bigger deal for me was that uh in sonic adventure for the first one you could just play a sonic if you wanted to which is let's be honest the coolest levels and you didn't have to take a break and then play like oh big the cat you you could choose to play big the cat uh You would unlock these other perspectives right. to the story, which I thought was interesting. I wish they would have kept that on here, where you would be able to play as Sonic for a while. And then when you meet Shadow or any character, you unlock their story. I mean, it might have made the game a lot shorter because there wasn't as many Sonic and Shadow levels. But it would have made the experience, I guess, more action-packed for people. Like, I think some of the the treasure hunting stuff just made me, like sometimes i'm like oh i gotta play as knuckles right here god god damn it knuckles. <laughs> i love you you son of a bitch but anyway um not not long after the first playable demo <laughs> sega actually announced their partnership with soap shoes being the official oh, sonic the hedgehog yeah. footwear for sonic adventure 2 official at this time Soap shoes company was only a few years old being founded in 1997 and it actually gained popularity with its online and video game marketing. Uh, for young people that don't know what soap shoes are, they're basically regular skate shoes. But like in the middle of it where you're like uh, the middle of your foot, there's like this plastic thing that that's like kind of like curved in. And you could grind on things, right? Like a skater. Um, here, here's yeah. what they used to that's look awesome, like yeah. if you're watching it on video. They're basically just skate shoes with the plastic thing under it. Um, you would be able to like, I guess, butter, uh, but I don't know what they did. Wax? They waxed the the, the pipes or whatever. <laughs> um, do you remember the era of soap shoes? And did did you own a pair of soap shoes after Sonic? At least.
0: Um, I remember the era of soap shoes, but it was a very brief one. Um, very brief. I recall them not being too prevalent. <laughs> it was kind of hard to find them. And by the time they were gone, they started going up in price, and now they're pretty expensive. Um, I knew. Have you looked into how much they sell? No,
1: for? I don't want them. I was going to say All I knew right. a kid that used to have them when I was in school, like eighth grade, maybe seventh grade. I remember it was middle school because um, I remember that he used to bring them and he was always showing off. And then he also got these other shoes where they were like um, they had they were regular shoes, but it, un, in the shoe that this wheel would come out and then they would become rollerblades. He thought this guy thought he was the most slickest guy in the world, dude. It was funny. I loved it.
0: So I'm going to tell you right now. I just did an eBay dive for soap shoes. There are only eight listings. Um, one of which are just the grind plates. Oh God. For um, for like, I guess for other things. So basically, well, can you guess what? What do you think the cheapest one is?
1: I mean, you also have to get two hundred dollars probably.
0: 17199 is the cheapest one. Oof. And they're in so-so shape. Uh the uh, most expensive asking price are uh is one thousand dollars. But the thing is and these they're are, ugly as fuck. <laughs> I mean they're so ugly. And what's so annoying is they never made Sonic ones. No, th- they never made ones that look like Sonic's shoes. For a series <laughs> that's so dependent on the character's shoes, they've never released shoes that look just like Sonic's. It's always like Oh, coming from uh I don't know, like who who's the big one? Like I don't know. Adidas, it's Sonic shoes and they're like blue with like this palm tree on it. Like that's not Sonic's shoe. Stupid. Uh don't be stupid.
1: I, I, I don't like these shoes. I think they're I'm glad they're gone. Um <laughs> Um I it was a bad era. It's just a dumb gimmick. They're really trying to get off the whole, like, everyone's playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. So now you could become a skater without skating. Oh, yeah. Like, if you were too afraid to, like, skateboard, you could buy these shoes and grind anyway. Um, right. I, I won't be talking about the full story here, but this is the st- story section. Um, but I will go with the summary that I felt I found online and it doesn't even really, like, capture this. Like, this story is so complex so for some reason. I don't know why, but this is the, The synopsis that is supposed to tease you into this game, right? Learning of a secret weapon from the diary of his deceased grandfather, Professor Gerald Robotnik, Eggman infiltrates a high security gun facility and revives it using the Chaos Emerald. The weapon, a Black Hedgehog and self-proclaimed ultimate life form named Shadow, offers to help Eggman conquer the world, telling him to rendezvous at an abandoned space colony Ark, with more chaos emeralds shadow goes to central city encountering guns forces after stealing an emerald shadow is vowed to fulfill a promise to a girl maria which he interprets as one of revenge shadow blasts through military force and meets sonic after a brief confrontation shadow escapes and gun captures sonic whom they may stake for shadow uh so let's start with the let's start talking about these new I guess uh story elements. While the first Sonic Adventure explored more into the history of Knuckles, uh Sonic Adventure 2 dives deeper into the history of Eggman by first introducing mm. Gerald Robotnik. What are your thoughts on this revelation?
0: That was huge like to see his extended family and to have them bring Robotnik into it, because at this time, I, I felt like American fans were starting to realize that Robotnik was an American invention. Eggman was his Japanese name. And I think there were a lot of like otaku kids who were like on the playground going. Actually, you know, his name's not Robotnik; it's it's Eggman. I've been calling him that since 1991. <laughs> um, and then to have this game come out, and actually, I had a friend that did that. He was like super into anime. He's been to Japan.
1: You're not gonna name you know, drop all him.
0: All that, and then you're huh? not gonna name drop him. Uh, his name's Andy. Okay, I thought he was someone and, online um, that
1: I might have known. Sorry.
0: No, no, he's, I don't know if he's st- what's so funny is he's the one that got me into, like, uh Sega, I mean, I was into Sega, but, like, he's the one that really introduced me to more of, like, the Sonic OVA, mm. and, like, Power Stone, and, like, importing games, um and, like, the Japanese side of things, so I do appreciate that he, like, educated me a little on, like, What's what? But he was also kind of an asshole about it because it would be like, oh, you call him Robotnik? That's cute. And I'm like, I called him that because that's what everyone else called him. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't like have an internet, (laughs) yeah, modem in 1991. Sorry, dude. (laughs) It's like, sorry, dude. (laughs) But, um, that was a huge deal. Huge. And it was, it was pretty wild too that everyone was dead. Yeah. Um, like you said, they're like dead NPCs. <laughs> like we have dead characters. And that was a thing at the time because if you were playing Fantasy Star Online, Red Rain Rico was a huge deal and she was dead. Yeah,
1: exactly. It felt like they, <laughs> they were both doing kind of similar ideas here. Um,
0: w- oh yeah. PSO and Sonic Adventure 2 had a lot in common. Like the later stages, Feel like fantasy star stages. It's weird. So,
1: Gerald Robotnik, was he ever brought back? Maybe comics, I would assume so, yeah, right? But he was never brought back (sighs) in the video games. Um, I don't think so. It kind of sucks because, like... I could be wrong. I feel like it's something that could have been explored more with Shadow. Because he doesn't really have a story right now in in the modern franchise. He's just kind of there. And he just kind of, like, has his hands crossed and looks really cool in the back. Um... Another thing about the story was Shadow and his story with Maria as a front and center. Uh, what are your thoughts about these two's dynamic and the idea that he's a, just a sad emo boy that lost his uh, owner?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's weird because Sonic has no history. And so to have his, his rival come out and be like he was created by Robotnik's grandfather and he had a close attachment to this girl named Maria, who's like, I guess Robotnik's aunt. Yeah, right.
1: Because if she's the, and he created the daughter, created a hedgehog, which is going to become his grandson's rival, the, or his his son's rival, or
0: the ultimate life form is a hedgehog. And it isn't until the Shadow <laughs> of the Hedgehog game that they reveal like that he made a pact with aliens to create him, but there's no. There's, yeah, there's no like real explanation as to why he's a hedgehog. No. It's weird. And, and also Robotnik Eggman, you know, he never, he never goes like, my father created the ultimate life form, which is a hedgehog, and you are my greatest enemy. I hate hedgehogs. How can they be the, you know, like there's no,
1: like, there's some weird shit in this. Yeah, <laughs> there is some weird stuff. That's what I just wanted to say. Um, this is also the first and only game, maybe Sonic Heroes, that separates the narratives from Hero and Dark compared to Sonic Adventure mm-hmm. where it was just basically the hero's story. Before, you never played as the Dark characters. This is the first time. Uh, what's your opinion on this change? I, I would, I'm, To me, obviously, it was the whole marketing of it was around that and that obviously hyped me up. Uh, I'm assuming it hyped you up too because it's like a new aspect of Sonic.
0: I mean, it... The thing was, is this was the 10th anniversary game. So I I feel like it just felt like an event game already. And we were all ready for something new and exciting. And this definitely delivered. The fact that it finally lets you play as Eggman was huge. And I mean, looking back, that felt like an anniversary-sized event. Because, you know, it wasn't just Sonic's anniversary. It's Eggman's anniversary, too. Yeah. Um, so, to be like, hey, for the 10th anniversary, Eggman is finally playable, like, in a main series game. He's not just, like, a little racer (laughs) anymore, so, I, you know, that was huge. I
1: really thought that Sonic Forces was going to allow you to play as Eggman. I thought it was going to be a surprise, like, way later on, but, or maybe some of the other villains, too, because they really did hype it up as the villain video game, and I was so disappointed in that. Um... Let's talk about the characters in this game. Uh, First, um, I guess we could talk about the gameplay while we talk about the characters. Obviously, they copy each other. So it's the yin and yang, right? Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog and Shadow the Hedgehog copy each other's gameplay. I would say that uh, probably the biggest thing they added here was the grinding, which we already discussed. And the somersault, right? Uh, which lets you dive under uh, hazards, lets you break boxes, and it was kind of like Mario's punch from '64 in a way. You could tell they were influenced by that. Um, and it was a good addition. They was a- they also used it in Sonic mm-hmm. Advance games, um, just like Sonic Adventure. Uh, Adventure Two also had unlockable items that granted uh, Sonic new powers. Uh, this game also obviously had the light shoes for Shadow and Sonic. That lets you go through a string of, uh, r- uh, rings and then the ancient light that lets you go through a string of enemies. They, those return back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also introduce new powers. I just put the uh, Sonic names on here because I was too lazy to find the shadow versions of these items. But once the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the bounce jump, okay? And they, this, this, they, oh, yeah. this works like Sonic 3's, uh, water shield, but is done through a bracelet uh sonic uh sonic retro says that it's the same move but i i don't think so because one's an item you get and this is an item you get but mm-hmm. if you're not you don't have that shield around you so it's not a shield it's just an item that lets you bounce when you hit the ground right
0: right yeah that's a good point point. and this game too it like dumped movements on you like sonic can do once once you get to the end of the game Sonic can do a lot. I, I think, if anything, he can do more in this game than any other game before or since. Like, Generations comes close, but you have to pick and choose what you can do. Yeah. But in this one, it's like, the amount of movements you can do. The bounce. I love the bounce. Yeah. It's so goofy, but like, boing, boing, <laughs> yeah. boing. It's
1: great. Boing, you know? Uh, there is also <laughs> the flame ring that lets you go through metal crates. Uh, there is also the magic mm-hmm. gloves that lets you... Uh, y- y-
0: Oh, the, McTiny. Yeah, it makes
1: you grab enemies and put them into capsules and then throw them at other characters, which, uh, and then the Mystic Melody that every character has. Um.
0: Oh, I love Mystic Melody.
1: Here's a, here's a, here's, now we're getting to the interesting bits. Tails and Ape Man. Um, it's crazy because throughout their history, they are kind of like each other. They both like inventing stuff and they both like robots. It just makes sense that they have similar gameplay. Like, they are kind of each other's opposites in a way. I mean, he's an old man. He's a young boy. Uh, so, yeah. It's like they are both men gadgets. So, it's like, come on. Um, the, the same way Sonic and Shadow use it, obviously they do too. But this time they gypped the EO2 Gamma gameplay from the first Sonic Adventure title, which makes our robot go away, sadly. Tails uses right. a bipedal version of Tornado 3, a.k.a. the Cyclone. While Eggman uses the an Egg Walker, and which actually sounds like something retired folks who can't walk too good use, you know what I mean? Hey, what do you got? Yeah. I got the Egg Walker. Ah, oh, the Egg Walker. Uh, both these characters yeah. play similar. Obviously, you shoot the button, you hold it, the action button, and then you could like, uh, what is it? Homing. You could home a bunch of uh, attacks, kind of like Panda Dragoon in a way. Um,
0: yeah, it was a lot like Panzer Dragoon. You're right. Yeah,
1: um, you could get a... Some of the items you got for upgrades were like uh, the booster j- slash jet engine, depending on who you played as. This would allow you to like hover, mm-hmm. which is essential in this game, especially for the later, later levels for these characters. The bazooka slash uh, large cannon, which is to shoot through metal crates, which is something that every character had to have an item to do. Um, and then returning mm-hmm. from the EO... Uh, 102 gamma story a uh, an upgrade it's called laser blaster which allows you to upgrade the missile so you can have more things on on screen and now we got the game f- now we're going to talk a little bit about knuckles and uh R- rouge the bat which whoo man when i was growing up these two characters gave me so many goddamn headaches dude so many head- headaches <laughs> So, uh, they're a copy of each other's gameplay. It's obviously Sonic Knuckles' combat from the first game came back. He has some uppercuts. You could punch. They're both pretty cool. They actually feel like they should have, like, an action game built around uh, their mechanics, but they don't. Uh, this time mm-hmm. around, you go underwater. Um, that's new. Uh, but issue is uh, finding, actually, emeralds on this game is harder than the first adventure game, which is weird. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know what Sonic Team was thinking. Um... Some of the <laughs> upgrades you get is the shovel claw uh, slash pick nails, which you could dig through the ground, hammer gloves slash iron boots that uh, lets you destroy steel containers and the sunglasses slash treasure s- scope, the ability to see invincible items and obviously the mystic melody. Uh, what are your, okay, out of these three gameplay mechanics, obviously shadow and all that, which one is your least favorite? And you you, you could be honest, dude. It's cool. I'm not going to judge.
0: I think the shooting stages were my least favorite. Really? Why is that? Um they got old like there was just at certain times you were just holding down and spinning the thing cuz you just want to target as many things at once. There wasn't too much um I guess uh I don't I it just felt like button mashing. Oh yeah. And and like and I guess the way the vehicles move too cuz you'd spin you go click it, pip bit, and then Eggman's machine would go Geez.
1: You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you
0: spin too much. And and you're like, if it was Sonic, he would just be walking like this. But with Eggman, it was like...
1: For sure. It was just,
0: like, silly to be, like, navigating corridors in these giant machines and seeing them, like... They never struggled, but just the amount of movement going on with them was just ridiculous when you're just trying to like walk through a corridor. And also it shouldn't be that difficult.
1: And the like Omega, Gamma, Gamma Omega, whatever his name is, uh his gameplay on Sonic Adventure One was like was basically the same thing, kind of, right? But like I always like only have like he was the shortest story I think, him or Big the Cat. And now we and I already felt like I already had enough of this. Like it was just long enough. Where I was like, that was good. That was cool. It was a little snack. Here, they kind of like try to make mm-hmm. it its own thing. and Maybe they should have had some like, maybe like, um, like rail stage shooting games where like they would break up the action by having like a Panzer Dragoon type level randomly within. I, maybe. I don't know. Sonic Team knows better than this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about, next we could talk about everyone's favorite aspect. I, I always hear about this. The Chow Garden. You hear about this before? Never, Never heard, heard of oh, it. Sit back and let me explain. Sonic Team brought back All the right. Chow Pet Raising Simulator or at the time it was known as A-Life, not a pet pet simulator. Uh, back to Sonic Adventure 2 re- revamped and re- expanded. Now to enter the Chow Garden, you must find a Chow Container to join the world. But after... Uh, so, after you find it, you actually could just do it through stage select. What... Do you, do you... Do you like that? The whole finding the container? Like, I don't know why they just didn't put it in the menu. Like, after a while. Uh, Stupid.
0: I, I think the problem was is that I, I get what Azuka was trying to do, like, putting the exploration in the stages, but if you're playing through the game the first time, like, what's your goal? Is your goal to explore? Is your goal to get the best score? Is your goal to have the shortest time? Like... I mean it was a very replayable game so that's a good thing but like yeah like am I going to spend time looking for the chow key when I really just want to get the keep the game moving or have the fastest time for something um more often than not I would just like get lucky find the key and be like oh I guess I'm going to go see the chow now but I never was like oh I got to find that key you yeah <laughs> yeah it I I think that's my one maybe complaint about the game is that it's like you have to choose what way you want to play beforehand. You can't just be like... I don't know. I don't know. I think I got yeah, you. I think Adventure stages probably would have... Or just just let us... You don't need a key. Just let us in every time. Anytime. Like ask, do you want to visit the Chow Garden
1: now? Sure. Anytime. So uh, yeah. the game included the regular Chow Garden that we all know and love. And then a Hero Garden... And the dark garden to unlock. Um, I, the dark ga- garden is obviously the coolest one. Uh, the one that looks the most different. Um, just like the, uh, ju- it's, it was basically just the theme for Sonic Adventure, right? It was supposed to be dark and evil. So the fact that they have a hero and the dark makes sense. Uh, you could also, uh, raise chows as dark chow or a halo, like with it has little devil horns. And you could also have a uh, hero oh, yeah. ca- uh, chows too. That was pretty cool, I thought, the addition to the the whole system. Um, Chow Racing returns, but this time, uh, instead of just having Beginner and Jewel races, we had uh, Beginner, Jewel, Hero, and Dark. Uh, The racing also Mm -hmm. has a Challenge races where you could uh, basically go against certain opponents. It was usually other Chows, but they also had Omi Chow the the annoying uh, little flying instruction thing. Uh, Aww, this was pretty. He's not annoying. People find him annoying. So, I mean, you find him annoying, annoying too. You're right. Uh, uh, this was obviously all massive improvements. This title also added Chow Kind. Oh, I guess I didn't have a picture of it, but Chow Kindergarten, which was uh, which was included, which had like a few uh, services in it, which was Chow Doctor, where you could. Uh, expect you, they'll check out your chow and they'll tell you his trait and you can also heal them a classroom where you could teach your uh, chow skills like instruments or painting mm-hmm. and there was also the chow principal that would give you tips on raising them the black market this was only available through the internet for the dreamcast Re, uh, it was repackaged into the uh, gamecube version that lets you use your rings to buy items like chow hats and fruits or also new eggs to hatch. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Did you did you ever use the black market, or were you not that into the child raising racing mechanic raising?
0: I used it. I used it, but you have to remember, like you only had like a year with this thing yeah. with the online services. Really, it's not like two thousand three rolled around and you're still like, oh yeah, I got my Dreamcast hooked up to the internet and everything's working like. Everything started disappearing, and you know they just started pulling stuff from the internet.
1: That was sad times. It
0: sucks that it sucked, but I, I did I did experience it, but not enough to really remember it.
1: There was there was also the return of the VMU mini game, which I'm sure you're a big fan of. This uh, Chow Adventure Two, it was called this time. This, it was good. Yeah, this time yeah. it was focused more on mini games uh, than just your typical breeding. And it also allowed you to connect your VMUs and uh, all that other stuff that the old one did. Uh, did you put a lot of time into Chow, Chow Adventure 2? Because, like, personally, I wish I put more time into it. Because, like, dude, your batteries were running out so quick on those things. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like I I, I I got lazy. Never changed it.
0: Yeah. I, I think it was a mix of laziness and also the fact that it, I had just spent so much time on Chow Adventure. and. I didn't really at the time see the, uh, the benefits of the sequel. I didn't see the big difference. So I was like, I've done this. But looking back, I, I do wish I would have done more of it because it definitely looked improved. I mean, Chow in general were just overall improved.
1: For but. sure. Um, that's not all, Barry. I know we already talked about Sonic Adventure 2. It has a full story mode, six playable characters, three different gameplay mechanics, a full child-raising system, a BMU mini minigame that you could uh, add, but it also had a two-player split-screen mode, uh, which was, intro- you know, split-screen has been a Sonic staple since Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Sonic Adventure has two in the title, so obviously it has to have two players, obviously. And uh, one of the 2 players modes was racing, or versus, right? And it was Sonic versus Shadow, two players, uh, Tails versus Eggman, and Knuckles versus Rouge. Uh, the Sonic. Uh, it, 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 do we need to get into this? You, you Did you play a lot of the two player mode? Because this is probably my least played mode for me.
0: Uh, yeah, least played here, too, just because, I mean, unless. I wish yeah. it had an online play, because then it would have been awesome, oh, but dude, I can imagine it the lag would have just been insane. <laughs> it
1: it would have been so sick, though. Come on.
0: Yeah, it would have been.
1: But uh no, I I never played it um that much. Um Sonic Adventures Twinkle Park card idea comes back in Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, uh, this uh, it becomes a lockable if you finish route 101 or 280. After this you unlock a kart racing mode in the menu. You can play as Sonic, Shadow, Eggman, Knuckles and Rouge. If you had access to the internet, you could also download uh Egg Robo, uh I think Big the Cat uh Opa Opa and o- Omichao? Um, I think so, right? Yeah.
0: I have those. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, what are your opinions on the kart racing mini game? Are you surprised that Sonic Team put so much extra effort in all this extra th- stuff? Like, they packed this game. Like, if you compare this to Sonic Forces, Sonic Forces looks like a measly little snack. <laughs> measly.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, this really is the last time Sonic Team poured so much content into a Sonic game and that's why I'm kind of hoping that this upcoming uh, game really throws a lot in it because I mean uh, not to talk about another franchise but like the Yakuza games they release what like one a year and they throw so much stuff inside of them it's time for Sonic to do that it's time for us to have like tons of different mini games like some deep a life simulator like bring it back they need a because they need
1: to build it up slowly
0: this game even, racing sucked like let's be honest yeah. the racing thing in this game it wasn't great but there was so much content in the game that it was excusable you were like we didn't need this it was a fun little mini game for one of the stages but the fact that it's a full-on racing game too like okay i'll take and it. then the, on top of that the fact that we had opa opa in it that was sweet you know oh, yeah yeah i loved it so I, it's funny cause it's like, it sucked. I loved it.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. When you make a good single player game and all that extra stuff starts coming, I love it. So it's kind of like the kart racing game, uh, mini game in uh, Yakuza like a dragon. It's really janky, but I, I love it because of the story they built around it. it. It's just something extra. It's a great game already. So right. yeah, I want to talk about the downloads for this and during the Dreamcast era. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sonic Team actually slowly started dripping these free DLC packs. Uh, the first one was like the Sonic theme menu that basically just changed the menu and the graphics and the voice clips to Sonic talking. This was released on uh, I did that. 6-2301. So literally the day it came out. Um, so mm-hmm. day one DLC, baby. Sonic Adventure 2 had it. Um, the second one was uh, High Speed Rail, which came out the, ne- the month after uh, on the 13th. This was just an oval shaped mm-hmm. uh, car racing, uh, uh, you know, uh, track. And then they had this Tales theme file uh, that same month in the end of the month. Then in September they released the Fantasy Zone, which I think pack, which is, is probably one of the bigger packs, which gives you an Opa Opa shaped racetrack. Omi Ochi Omi Chow writes Opa Opa to victory. This was released on September sixteenth. <laughs> Is 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 oh nine September or is that August? I mean, maybe it's August. September. Okay, September. All right. You sure it's not 09 because October is ten. Could be August anyway. They also did a Rogue Rouge and a uh, I always call it Rogue, and a uh, Eggman theme file after this. Then a Egg Robo, which is another cart track with uh, a Egg Robo being playable, and then
0: that was cool yeah
1: and and then they they were the final two were came out on uh october and november halloween theme file which gave you the halloween uh costumes in the versus mode and also the christmas one that was sick yeah and i'm Mm -hmm. here's my question why is sonic team so cheap with dlc nowadays it's so crazy that they were so giving so friendly like why don't they do uh, theme files for their new games like Sonic Forces, where like Inf- Infinite will do the menu, the menus when you're selecting them? Like, they could have just slowly dripped content for a year for Sonic Forces, but they never did, and they never do.
0: They don't do that for any of their games. Like Team Sonic Racing came and went, no DLC, um, despite the fact that now the iOS version of the game is gonna get classic Sonic DLC it's so weird there I mean we've discussed this offline but like Sonic team seems to be in a bubble where it's like the rest of Sega is like sweet DLC um, cool boxed editions and then Sonic teams like uh I don't know we'll give them a Sonic movie keychain <laughs> and they have to pay to get super Sonic oh uh, like, wh-
1: nice thank you
0: that w- remember that paying to get super Sonic
1: yeah Ugh, no. No thank you. Didn't they make it free after a while, like for first buyers or something, because people complained? Because we
0: bitched about it. That was stupid. We complained. Yeah, all of us did.
1: So, usually in the level section of this podcast, we, I usually go through all the levels, but this is such a big, long episode, I decided to let Barry pick his top five levels. And I want you guys to critique him in the comments. I want you to tell me what you think of these levels and which ones are better than his. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, boy. Here we go. He picked some... I mean, there's no shadow levels, but let's let's start. Let's start. Let's start. First one you picked was Metal Harbor from Sonic. Uh, tell us why you like this level.
0: I like it because it's a very short and sweet level. I think you can play it in under three minutes. Uh, but because of that, it's very replayable. I like the idea of all the little floating platforms over the water because it honestly feels like a very classic stage. Mm. And that is until you unlock the Green Hill Zone at the end of the game. But I feel like this comes... I, I just feel like this one comes closest to feeling like a 2D Sonic game in 3D. Um, I love the music. I love the little... like. Um, countdown you have to like get on the the rocket mm-hmm. ship and then the music stops and then you go up in the air and then you go down it's so cool and it's so short but so sweet so i love this one
1: i do agree with the rocket thing the getting there was pretty sick um the next one you chose was mm-hmm. pyramid cave why this one
0: yeah i love any ancient egypt level in like anything when i was a kid i was really into ancient egypt I still kind of am. I think it's cool. I like the aesthetics. Um, and then in this stage specifically, I mean, obviously it's not like ancient Egyptian music, but the music itself is very cool. Uh, it's got some great guitar riffs. And I like the gimmicks. I also like how it feels. It, it, it comes closest to feeling like the Lost World stage from Sonic Adventure, which I always think is a very strong stage that not a lot of people talk about. And there's just cool things, like you speed up a lot, and then you slow down to do a puzzle, and then you speed up. Um, again, very replayable. Some cool set pieces, like uh, running around in the loops in that dark room, and then at the end you see the like Eggman like, pyramid stuff. It's cool. I like this one. I think it's probably my second favorite Sonic stage in the game.
1: This one's an interesting one. Knuckles, Mirior, mm-hmm. Heard have trouble of saying that So
0: it? I wanted to mix it up because you said pick five stages, but I also knew what your goal was here. So I wanted to not pick just five, pick Sonic, five stages. Sonic stages. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is my favorite Knuckles one, mainly for the music. I think this is such an awesome, catchy tune. Um, but on top of that, like it's Super Mario, uh, what Galaxy. what is that game? The the um Galaxy. The the one re-
1: Galaxy. It?
0: Yeah, it's Super Mario Galaxy before Super Mario Galaxy. And I just thought it was so cool running around on these little planets. And to be quite honest, like it worked really well. Like it was not janky. The fact that you could fly onto a planet and experience its own gravity and then jump to a different one and fly. It was just so much fun to explore um and yeah, I mean, I I just think it's probably the strongest Knuckles stage in general.
1: I, I'll, agree, I'll agree with that. I'm a Knuckles hater, but that was definitely the one that always stuck in the back of my mind when I thought of him was the Little Planet one, especially because Mario Galaxy copied them. Shh, shh. Um, the next <laughs> one you got was uh, Eggman Weapons Bed. Why this one?
0: So this one's kind of a weird one just because, you know, I, I did crap on the um, shooting stages. You did. But what I like about this one is because I enjoyed um, Metal Harbor so much, I thought it was really cool to go back and play a stage I enjoyed so much as Sonic but as Eggman and to have the different mechanic in the same sort of environment. So it let me slow down a little bit more and appreciate all the little things like the uh, uh, fighter jets parked off to the side um, just getting to look at like the textures and everything a bit better so it was just it was a kind of a fun new way to experience a stage i already really enjoyed in the game and it's an aspect that i enjoy in general about sonic adventure 2 because i just think it's cool that you can you can play like a sonic section but then in that same stage experience it as a treasure hunt or as a, a shooting stage. And I think my last pick will definitely exemplify that even more.
1: So yeah, let's talk about your last pick. Last story, Cadden's Core. I don't want to do spoilers, but yeah. this is the end of the game. And uh, I'm assuming you liked yeah. how we tied it all together.
0: I did. I thought it was really cool to have all the different characters playing kind of like one stage after another, but also talking to each other and like referencing what they were doing next. I think the only other time that they really tried this in the series was Sonic Unleashed, where you would switch between the Werehog and Sonic in Eggman Land. And it kind of fell flat for me. But here it felt like a heist movie, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're like, Knuckles, you need to do this. I'm done. All right. Now it's your turn. Okay. Sonic, you need to do this. And it felt like they took Sonic Adventure 2 as a whole and encapsulated the experience into one stage and i just thought that was really cool and and pretty in a pretty epic way to end the game and i think it shared the same clock too right like the clock kept running when you would play different characters if i remember correctly
1: yeah but then i think you if you beat it Maybe. with a lot of time and you just like oh it's three more seconds left or whatever the, the story needed or whatever in the end but like, uh, yeah. but, um, yeah, no, I agree with you. It did feel like a heist movie. I think they really tied everything together really well. I think this might be one of the, I don't know if I want to say that has multiple characters where it really did feel like they thought it out all the way till the end and they actually have a payout in the mm-hmm. end. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. I don't want to end the levels discussion without talking about one secret level that only hardcore fans know about a little unknown retro stage that cool cats call the green hill zone you ever heard about this green hill zone i don't think it's been in that many games but uh it was unlockable here no if you were brave enough yeah no it's if you were brave enough
0: it's pretty rare yeah
1: if you're if you're brave enough and you (laughs) capture all 180 emblems within the game you were awarded uh, you were allowed to play Green Hill Zone. The way you got them was basically uh, getting a ranking in each level within the game. Obviously, Cannon's Court did not count. Um, what is your opinion on the represent? Did you actually do? Did you actually do uh, get all the emblems and uh, unlock this, or did you use some sort of uh, game save from uh, Planet Web? Don't lie.
0: <laughs> I went to Booyaka.com Dot <laughs> uh, com, and I I downloaded. Um the uh the da- the complete save file, and I loved it. I thought this was such a cool addition. It was like the ultimate celebration of Sonic's uh tenth anniversary. And you guys again you gotta remember, like, at the time Green Hill Zone was not everywhere. It's not like we were seeing it in tennis and racing games and things like that. Like this was a huge deal to not only see it again, but to see it with those Sonic one. Aesthetics, but in fully realized 3D, like it was huge. And now here we are in 2021 and people are like, Oh, Minecraft has Sonic
1: and Green Hill Zone.
0: Look at all the references. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's cool. I feel like Lego did it already and oh. half a dozen other games. It's just, it's not as special anymore. And I think this was the first and only time that it was truly special to see like a retro stage brought into 3D. I think that was really cool and, and it's just a shame that it was so hard to unlock. I think that's my only um pet peeve complaint. But hey, you know, booyaka, That's all you need.
1: Yeah, I agree. This is actually one of the games that I uh copied save files from a friend who had it complete and you know you could connect your VMUs. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh worth it. Um mm-hmm. I looked online to see how long it would take you to, if you want to complete 100% everything there is to do in Sonic Adventure 2. I, I did put it in the notes, so if you haven't seen it, how long do you think it takes to beat Sonic Adventure 2 all the way 100?
0: I'm going to say 10 hours.
1: That's just the story mode. It's like 9 hours. To do everything, like unlock Green Hill Zone and all that, it takes 44 hours. Wow.
0: So... that. I would never be able to do it. Some of those, it's so hard though, because like, sure, you might be good at like Sonic stages, but you have to be an expert at every stage in this game. Oh yeah. And so if you can't, you're screwed. (laughs) Pretty much.
1: So let's talk about the music. I think something that's been iconic is uh, we we first talked about the new rock and roll aesthetic that Sonic Adventure went on, on the first Sonic Adventure Sega Talk, number 17, check it out. Um, this time we're mm-hmm. going to continue that talk uh, surprisingly only three composers if you're looking at the picture on youtube the three top ones are the returning ones came back from uh, sonic adventure i think they also had five people working on it this game also had five people working on it fumi kumitani who we talked about before she started her career at sonic team during during uh doing nights and she stayed there till sonic colors Kenichi Tokai, 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 I can't even say his name, returning, mm-hmm. Uh he started his career in Daytona USA at Sega and has even done new music in the latest Space Channel game. Um, and obviously Jun Sinu, Sinu, how do you say his name, That's how do you say it? Who started...
0: I think it's Jun... I always said Jun Sinoy. Sinoy, I, I
1: guess. It's, it's such a weird name. It's like, it almost looks English too. Um who started off at Sonic 3 and is now sort of become the face of Sonic Adventures music like if you think of anyone it's him. You go to any like live show he's playing the guitar. Um and he, everybody wants his autographs. He's the most pop, he's a rock star basically to Sonic Adventure fans. But the soundtrack mm-hmm. also had newcomers, Tomoya Otani who uh
0: Oh yeah, Tomoya Otani. I came, love that guy.
1: Yeah, he came he was, he came, he just got off scoring Choo Choo Rocket for uh, Sonic Team Japan. And then we also had Higo Tani, also known as Wall 5, uh, who uh, does techno tracks, and he's mostly known for producing five vocal tracks on the album. He also produced music for the anime Air Gear, which is quite similar to uh, Jet Set Radio. And he even called himself Skunk Funk on it as a producer credit, which is a shout out to Hideki Naganuma, who is a uh, horny on Maine mm-hmm. right now. You guys want to check him out, <laughs> right? He, all he talks about is being horny, right?
0: I asked him. He said he likes. He was like, "I like, I like boobs, and I like girls with no boobs." And I was like, "Do you like men with boobs?" And he didn't. He didn't reply to me.
1: He he quote tweeted us, by the way. He did. He's like, "You guys have boobs." Hmm. all right oh did he do that (laughs) um the time we (laughs) this time we we're not going to be listening to uh any of the tracks on there but let's but i did go through an article talking about the most popular tracks via spotify play so i'm hope i'm going to count down from the you know five to one and tell me if you're surprised by these uh these tracks won't won't stop just go for greenfield forest got all um, got 700,000 views i'm assuming this is a, lo- a while back so they might be more inflated now it doesn't matter theme for so- of sonic the hedgehog uh a oh yeah egosis pumpkin soup mm-hmm. escape from the city number 2 and what oh, what do sick. you think number 1 is I think you would guess it if you uh been to any concert.
0: Let me think. Let me think. Like that, right? That's what they do in the In the what? When they play it. In in Live and Learn. Oh,
1: Live and Learn. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's it.
0: When they when they when Sonic and Shadow start doing this. I don't
1: know. <laughs> do You remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It just looks
0: They start shaking their fists, but it looks like... It looks like they're pleasuring themselves.
1: But uh, I was going to say... There you go. You said Okay, sorry. But uh, does any of the top five songs actually shock you? Because to me, not really. Because if you've been on the internet and you've seen what people post, basically, Ghost's Pumpkin Soup, Escape from the City, and Live and Learn are literally the most played tracks off of the soundtrack, Right. Yeah,
0: but I mean, a Ghost Pumpkin Soup—it's kind of like a meme track now. It's like a joke track. That's why I think Meteor Herd is such a better song, just because it's like—it's catchy, it's sweet. It's Are you cool, telling me?
1: Telling me you didn't memorize the whole rap portion of uh, Pumpkin Soup and start rapping it to your friends? Try <laughs> it. Do it right now. No, I'm good. I, I, I didn't do that. Sorry.
0: I won't let it get to me. I'm just gonna creep <laughs> down on Pumpkin Hill. I gotta find the missing piece. I. I know that it's here. I can sense it in my feet. The great emerald's power allows me to feel. I can't see a thing, but it's around somewhere. I gotta hold my head up. I have no fear. I probably seems. See, the thing is, is like I make up words if I can't understand them. So I'll be like, I probably seem so scary. A a graveyard fairy, a ghost, try to get me, approach me. He got leery. Ask him a question. He vanish in a second. Something Pumpkin in an Alley, Fist Metal Crack. It's such a a dumb song. I love it. It It is good. Okay, number one song. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: definitely dumb enough to love. It has that lovely... (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Because we're already really into this. I know, look at you. You don't even want to talk about it. But we have to. There's people that played the game. I don't know if you read our Patreon comments. But it's something we should focus on just the way Sonic Team USA started its life at the start of the Dreamcast, doing an enhancement port of the original Sonic, uh, Sonic Adventures, Sonic mm-hmm. Team USA was then tasked with, tasked with, uh, porting Sonic Adventure 2 after the Dreamcast's death to the GameCube. Uh, while Sonic Adventure 2 launched on Dreamcast on June 23rd, the game was released, was released on GameCube. I don't know why I put Dreamcast on the notes, but, uh, on December 20th, 2001. Literally the same year it came out on GameCube. Uh, looking back, do you remember the GameCube port coming out so soon after the Dreamcast version? And admit it, did it bother you that Nintendo fans were going to get a taste of Sonic Adventure 2 so soon? Like, after the Dreamcast's death?
0: <laughs> um, It did kind of bother me. I mean, this was the era of... Um you know, exclusives and and touting exclusives and, you know, with the Dreamcast being, you know, dead so quickly, like, I get it. They have to shovel some of their games to other consoles, but it did annoy me to see, like, oh, you can play Crazy Taxi on PS2? Well, I don't need a Dreamcast now. Or, oh, they've got all the Sonic games on, on GameCube. Okay, well, I don't need my Dreamcast anymore. And I, look, like, I'm so, now I am so appreciative that, that, So many Sonic fans were created because of the GameCube ports. But at the time, it just annoyed me to hear people go, Oh, I love Sonic. I played his first game on the GameCube, right? Right. And it's like, no. Oh, he's a Nintendo franchise, though, right? They bought him. It's just... Kids are stupid. Kids are so stupid. So, I mean, I can't blame them for being idiots. And I'm not talking about kids now. I'm talking about kids in, like, 2001 who are like... Yeah, my older brother told me they sold Sonic to Nintendo and that's why they have his games on it now. Like kids were such stupid experts at nothing.
1: At <laughs> nothing, yes. I was gonna say, uh, are you surprised <laughs> that how fast Sonic Team moved on this board? Like, the fact that it's the same year, not only that, but like, they were just crazy back then. They were just like, releasing these games like, like it was nothing.
0: Right, and you know, I did I did crap on Sonic Adventure DX, but I think this is a port done right. Like the extras are pretty cool, and they don't make you feel cheated if you're a Dreamcast plant fan because it's like, oh, it's just an enhanced two player mode. And to be quite honest, I wasn't a big fan of the two player. So here it was like, oh, they put you know they put chaos in it, and they put um, Metal Sonic in it for two player. Yeah, so I I didn't feel cheated as much. I I just was kind of like. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. (laughs)
1: That—that's most of the thing. I didn't really even talk about that kind of stuff on here because I thought it was kind of like self-explanatory, right? I mean, it is called battle for a reason. Mm -hmm. But because uh, this episode is long, I'm looking at some of the tiny, uh, some of the differences here, some of the bigger stuff, most likely. But first, for starters, you know, the game menus got reworked, got new art. Uh, I won't go. I'm not going to go into which version is better. At least here um maybe though i'll say what i prefer if i had to go back and play it i will uh, let readers decide for Mm -hmm. themselves listeners decide for themselves and let the heated discussions happen themselves right that's not my business so first let's look at some of the negatives uh or positives first gameplay wise sonic team did go and fix one big glaring issue with knuckles uh, they added an exclamation mark when you're on the treasure, giving the users an easy way to find them, which was a big problem. I think it's a huge positive. They, it should have been updated in the in the original version, but whatever. They also changed the way da- damage was taken by Egg, Eggman and Tails. If you have a shield on the GameCube version and you got hit, you just lost the shield but not health. While in the Dreamcast you would get hit, the shield would go away and you got some of your health taken away. Multiplayer also runs at sixty frames per second, unlike thirty frames per second on the Dreamcast. Two-player two, two mode also got twenty-one new stages uh, added, uh, which makes sense. Why you know they retitled the battle, like you said, there was a uh, way more unlockable characters too. Uh, that was a huge focus. Mm-hmm. Um, this also includes uh, included cutscenes. The FMVs were upgraded from four eighty by three sixty-six to six forty by 480 which is a big pretty big boost in resolution we'll go into the issues Mm -hmm. with the cutscenes later but that's they look they do look uh less blurry for sure um the chow system also got huge rework done including more chow variety including a new two-tone and a monochrome uh, chow including four new jewel chows Instead of transferring the Chao from the VMU, the new uh, GameCube version allowed you to, uh, oh, there, there was also karate. I don't even know if I mentioned it, but there was a uh, karate added to it. I wish that one was on the Dreamcast. The karate. It's like, that's such a, it's one of my favorite modes in the GameCube version that I'm surprised they didn't, but they also, <clears throat> obviously the VMU game Chao Adventure 2 isn't in here, but they had a thing called Tiny Chao Garden which was a 16-bit type mini game instead of the one-bit (laughs) VMU. I don't even know how many bits the VMU is. Um, I'm going to say this. If you had the cart, you had to have like an other cart of Mario. Like you had to have have Sonic Advance 1 through 3 or Sonic Spinball or whatever on the Game Boy Advance to be able to transfer it. Um, My thing with it is like, I've never seen anyone with a uh, GBA cable in my whole life. Have you? Have you ever met anyone with a GBA cable? Please tell me.
0: Um yes. I had a friend Fuck. who had it. His little brother was really into GameCube and they did have that. So I did I did witness one, but it's like I mean, it makes more sense than the um man, remember when Dreamcast had the Neo Geo pocket color cable? Oh yeah. <laughs> like um How
1: rare is that now? I
0: mean it made more use of it than that
1: did. But yeah. See, Uh, Neo Geo Link cable Dreamcast. I was gonna say, oh, you look. Oh yeah, dude, it's like four hundred bucks. It's like four hundred bucks.
0: And I remember I was at Video Games New York probably fifteen years ago, maybe fourteen years ago. They had a dozen of them, and they were like twenty bucks each. And I was like, oh, that's cool, but I don't have a Neo Geo. Whew!
1: That would have been gold right there.
0: Well, I did buy bleed at that visit, and now that thing's insanely expensive. I got it for fifteen bucks, so that was a win.
1: So there are a few negative things about Sonic Adventure Two Battle, right? Um, this is something that I've been posting on Twitter. If you follow us, people got upset, uh, and they've been fighting in the comments section on Twitter, which I'm not surprised. Let's talk about some of the models and how the, they—they're the, slightly changed, but like if you, as you could tell right here, Sonic. They say they're higher resolution but there's one thing i noticed if you look at sonic shoes here the dreamcast has more detail am i going crazy or something here like the shoes have no yeah and so they also made him more skinnier and taller in the gamecube version just slightly you see it
0: it's almost like they squished the picture
1: pretty much is what it feels like yeah
0: like he looks even his shoes look higher they look weird
1: and then if you look at the, uh, the next one is the egg ro- uh, the egg robo that you ride. Uh, this one, you could definitely tell that the quality yeah. of textures are different. The light in the front on the GameCube is bigger. Um, which is weird. Little designs like that always weird me out. But if you look at the gun, uh, on the left hand side that is green, the logo is definitely more and easier to see on the Dreamcast version. And there's more detail on the, on the red, um, like the, the, the scratches.
0: Right, yeah, I remember the just the textures in the Dreamcast one, especially in those like later stages on the spaceship, were insanely sharp. It was insane how detailed they were. So I, I don't, I don't question how how nice these character models look. It must. So was the GameCube unable to render textures
1: that sharp, or what? What was the deal? I'm assuming that they had trouble porting it at the time that i mean it came out december 20th so you could tell that sega wanted to capitalize on the hype that they already did on the dreamcast and for the holiday and it like barely even made Mm -hmm. the holiday by five days so i'm assuming that was their idea and they were rushed which is classic sonic team fashion right um the next one is uh rouge the bat model and you could tell they made her less thick i mean that's the the only way to describe it here she's Skinnier on the other one, not by much, but if you look at it, look at her hips and stuff, and her sh- and the shadowing is mm. different too. There's no shadows on the other model. It's weird, and her shoes are in pink on the bottom. Like they change little things. I don't understand Sonic Team being like George Lucas or something, where they have to change just the, like the smallest things.
0: I like I like Dumpy Rouge there in the Dreamcast. I like that.
1: Me too. It kind of gives you a different look of, of a character you know uh another th- she's cute <laughs> another thing that uh fans bring up <laughs> is that the gamecube is actually color graded differently than the dreamcast original giving the game a slightly darker look and in cutscenes, sometimes lighting elements are outright missing and uh there's other things too where shadows are missing too like there wasn't the same shadowing effect here's the first one i posted on on twitter <laughs> This is uh the, obviously if you look in the back the the Eggman light neon light sign is missing on the GameCube version. Um, Tails looks weird. right? <laughs> he's looking at Sonic. Look at product. Tails
0: on the ga- He's like this.
1: <laughs> hey, Sonic! Oh, Sonic! He
0: looks like a janky action figure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I mean you could tell right here that the coloring is a little darker. What do you think about the coloring difference? Is yeah. that that much of a big deal? Or which one do you prefer, the coloring?
0: Well, I mean, I I was the guy who would get into arguments with people over how the Xbox 360 version of Sonic Unleashed was superior because the PlayStation 3 one had windmills that were missing their windmill. So, yeah, if, if you're going to show me this, I'm going to say the Dreamcast is superior just because the uh, neon lights are there, <laughs> you know, like... It's little things like that's why I didn't like DX because I saw screenshot comparisons and I'm like, why did they make the um, building behind the Chaos Zero fight like less interesting? It makes no sense. They do that here. They redesigned. It's so weird, but it's never a better choice.
1: Yeah, they do that here too. I was looking at some, you could go in the the cutting room floor. There's a comparison with the pictures and everything next to each other. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like the computer screens they like completely changed little things like that. It almost makes it seem like uh, why would you redo all this for no reason? I don't know. Sonic team's a weird company. Right. um here's the Sonic in prison where he went for being horny um on the Dreamcast version, there's a lot more shadows <laughs> where the bars and everything. The Gamecube just does not have them at all uh that's not I think that adds a lot more mood to the scene, just having the shadows mm-hmm. like that. So I'm gonna have to say that uh definitely kinda hard to side with the GameCube. I mean, is are kids not gonna like Sonic Adventure 2 battle because of stupid shadows or a light a neon sign? No. But if you're if you're you should play both, most likely, in my opinion. But definitely the single player aspect of it, I gave it to the Dreamcast version, even with the better uh higher resolution cutscenes. The next one. Is that they changed the DLC costumes for the uh, Fantasy Star Online? They redesigned them for no reason. What? Why? Why? No. Look at this. Isn't this a monstrosity? I hate also, it. Also, one more that I added in the end, but I didn't put it on here. But uh, in the Dreamcast version, you get to play on the two player mode as Big the Cat, one of the most iconic characters of all time. In the GameCube version, they changed him to a Dark Chow. Who cares? Dark Chow, they're not even in games anymore. Right.
0: You could play as him in Eggman's Walker, and it was like a super cheap, like, (laughs) character swap, but it was so cool. And then, and then they replace him with a pretty cool, like, really well designed, like, thing that is not as cool because it's not big. (laughs) It's like a case of, like, Oh, look, we tried harder this time. People are like, but
1: where's Big the Cat? <laughs> you know? So there was also a 2012 version. I did read up about it. I didn't put it in the notes. But, uh okay, this is what I don't get about Sonic Team. So the 2012 version is based off this version, the GameCube version, right? But they brought back mm. Big the Cat. They put him back in. They took out the Dark Chow. Cool. But they took away, like, uh Chow Karate from the 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 2012 version, so it's like, what are you doing, Sonic Team? You're like, adding things from the Dreamcast version and omitting like new features from the GameCube version.
0: Right. Yeah, and what was weird too is that they released this was the Xbox Live Arcade version mm-hmm. you're talking about, yes,
1: right? Yes, yes, the 2012 one.
0: Yeah. They released the game as like as the Dreamcast port, but if you got the battle DLC, it would turn into Sonic Adventure Two Battle. And there was no way to undo it. So, so it, was it especially sucked if you had Sonic Adventure. And then it, that cool title screen, you would never see it again when you when you downloaded the Sonic Adventure 2 DX DLC. It became that crappy looking DX title screen.
1: So this kind of leads me to talk like... I think there's a huge market for like the ultimate versions of these games. Uh, because... <gasps> Let's be honest, there's some really cool additions in the GameCube version, like, you know, adding for Chow, the two-player being expanded. But also, there's some stuff that Dreamcast did better. I mean, isn't there a way to combine all this and having the Ultimate version, something like Sonic Colors Ultimate, maybe? I don't know.
0: Well, exactly. I thought that's where you were going with this. Because my hope is that Sonic Colors Ultimate opens the door for, like, an Ultimate release, like, twice a year like there's no excuse not to give us sonic generations ultimate sonic unleashed ultimate sonic adventure one and two ultimate like just do it even if it's like a simple port like if it's not like a total remake or remaster i think it'd be awesome i'd love it i wish they'd do it
1: i i do too i think a lot of fans have been clamoring for this and uh, maybe colors if it does well They'll open it up for more. I have a feeling they're going to do Unleash first before they do any of the other ones. But I'm hopeful that we get like an ultimate version of Sonic Adventure One and Two, uh, with all the best features, with some stuff to toggle in and out. Um, that'd be cool. Uh, I think we, d- I think fans deserve it, especially new fans that never experienced these games. Maybe they could just remake the whole thing like a Kiwami title on the new engine. You know, who cares? In the end of the day, as long as it plays good and it's a good game and a good remake, people would love it. Um, okay, so yeah. since recording, there isn't a Sonic Adventure 3. A lot of fans online have been kind of fighting that, that we already got Sonic Adventure 3. Um, I don't know if you've been in these forums where people talk this game's actually Sonic Adventure 3 he's a spiritual successor. Here's an interview from Asuka and he said <laughs> it in the interview um, because right. uh, yeah, so some of the titles that people call call them, uh, I guess, spiritual successors, sometimes it's because it has adventure in the name. Sometimes because the gameplay has similar things. First one is obviously Sonic 06 mm-hmm. because it has a hub world, a fleshed-out story, multiple playable characters, and two new hedgehogs. Silver and – what is it? Melfit? me Melfit. Mif-
0: Mephiles. Mephiles.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yes, you're right. I think, and uh, he, yeah. yeah, he's supposed to like be tied to Shadow. I forgot about this story, to be honest with you. When I was looking at cutscenes, I was like, actually, it's better than Sonic Adventure Adventure Two the way they captured the movements. <laughs> but the story itself, right? It's not and lucky great.
0: us, we don't have to do a we don't have to do a Sega talk because that was one of the earliest Sega talk episodes we did. with Sonic? O6. I
1: kind of wish we got it back though, because like, I I mean, I enjoyed talking about it, but it was. We didn't got the we didn't have the format done yet and then we just had like somebody from Sonic Retro come up and then we kind of just went we lost ourselves Are you
0: saying are you saying are you saying we're going to do Sonic 6 again?
1: <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe. We'll see. There's a lot of Sonic titles we need to get we need to get to. The other title people say it is is uh Sonic Unleashed because it was called Sonic World Adventure in Japan. Um and then there's a uh, Sonic Rush Adventure because uh, it uh, has adventure in the title, <laughs> I guess. Um, which one of these? Yeah. I think Sonic 06 is probably the closest to uh, Sonic Adventure 3, but it sucks, so who cares?
0: Right. Yeah, well, you know, well, the thing is, it's difficult to say because I've been a part of these forum arguments. I've looked back at the things I've written and I'm like, where did I find the time to type that much? Like, I would type posts that were more in-depth and longer than articles I've written on websites and I'm like where did I find the time for this but to be quite honest my pick is Sonic Heroes and the reason why I pick Sonic Heroes is it comes after these games it follows up Shadow's story it I mean it it, it it ties into, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog, which is kind of like the Ann Knuckles, um, spin off that kind of completes the story. So, really, if you're looking at like the Sonic Adventure saga, it's Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Heroes, and Shadow the Hedgehog. That gives you a cohesive, I mean, semi cohesive story from beginning to end. 06 to me is really like a reboot. Um, but you're right. It It is, like, just in terms of, like, layout, it's the closest to Sonic Adventure 1 that we have ever gotten outside of Sonic Unleashed, maybe.
1: I would say... My opinion. Yeah. I mean, Sonic Heroes, I guess, yes. would be one. I, I always forget about Sonic Heroes when we talk about Sonic games, because... To me, it's like uh, I was already kind of getting out of it. and was getting more into hardcore, like older titles, more like rare titles at the time. Especially right. with the internet, I was like, I could have, I could play any game in any era on a emulator. That's crazy. So th- that to me,
0: but like you look at Heroes and how it's it's formatted. So Sonic Adventure was play each little game and they all tie together, and then you play the the final one. Sonic Adventure Two was. We, we took the heroes and villains, you jump around between gameplay styles. So Sonic Heroes was, we're going to take different teams of characters, you can switch them on the fly within the game, and then when you complete their little story, like in Sonic Adventure 1, you play the other story, and then you unlock the final stage. The problem is, is it got really boring real fast to play the same game like four times. Oh yeah. Um... But on paper, it sounded so cool. And to be quite honest, it made a, a bundle of money for Sega to the point where, and we'll definitely cover this in the future, it led to Sonic Boom. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's kind of weird to see it really, Sonic Adventure the, as like a one and two duology, it, it branched out. Like it, it impacted so many games to follow and i'm very interested to see what sonic uh 2022 turns out to be because from what i'm hearing like it's people go oh it's breath of the wild sonic that's don't say that
1: great, that's uh, that's giving right? breath
0: of the wild too it's giving them too much um uh ownership of something that has existed for decades it's like how people say oh mario invented the kart racing genre even though Yu Suzuki did it years earlier you know it's like if anything, I feel like it might be us coming back to the games more like Sonic Adventure 1. But instead of adventure fields or action stages, it's all one big adventure field action stage, which would be awesome. I mean, that's what I've been wanting for years. So fingers, fingers crossed it's good. Yeah.
1: Any closing statements you want to say to the cool cats and kittens out there about, uh, Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle or Sonic Adventure 2 Xbox Live Arcade and PSN version.
0: <laughs> um I I will just say that yes it is an incredibly important game in Sonic's history. I would argue it's probably like the second most important game after Sonic 1 just in terms of establishing uh you know things that would later become um You know, uh, I don't want to say benchmarks, but like just like expected additions to the series. Like, I feel like fans wanting a Sonic Adventure 3 more often than not want something like Sonic Adventure 2, and we keep almost getting it. I still think Sega could drop a Sonic Adventure 3 on us, and it could work, especially after Sonic 4 came and went. Like, they're not afraid. To drop a out of nowhere numbered game, um, I, I think it would be funny if Sonic Adventure Zero was announced and it was a prequel, <laughs> like an in between game that was like classic Sonic in three D. That would piss a lot of people off. But um, I just want great game. I like it. What's what are your thoughts? I was
1: in, I... I don't, I don't have many thoughts. This is introduced a lot of new things like the somersault, uh, the grinding shadow, the headshot gun. Some of it is good. Some of it is mm-hmm. bad. Some of it is, uh, overused already. I think like shadow needs a purpose to be in games and this game. He has a purpose. And I think that's what makes him so good. And I think that's why it made, it made so many, you know, generations of Sonic fans like him. This is the game you want to play to like mm-hmm. shadow. Um, I just wanted to close it off in saying, why do you think Sega never made Sonic Adventure 3, like, right after 2? Like, these games were popular. These, this was the reboot mainline, and then they just did Sonic Heroes.
0: I think the shake-up after the Dreamcast led them to have to create a game that would be multi-platform, and in doing so, they had to make a lot of concessions. So, I mean, Sonic Heroes did not have Chao. It didn't have racing. It didn't have all these mini games. It honestly was a very small game by comparison, especially given the fact that it's the same game four times. Yeah. Um, it just seems bigger because you have so many characters. And they probably felt internally that it just did not live up to the name Sonic Adventure 3. And I also think they wanted to bring new fans in and to kick off a Sonic's first multi-platform game with the third game in a franchise that is not available on any of the platforms except for GameCube would kind of suck. Because then like Xbox fans or PlayStation 2 fans would be like, I didn't play the other two and I don't own a Dreamcast or a GameCube, so this sucks. So it really, I think they felt the need to reboot, just not reboot, but to reestablish a new... Brand. Uh, brand. And I think what what's stranger, if anything, is that why didn't they do a Sonic Heroes 2? Like, multi... It it sold insanely well, and I don't know why they didn't try to do it again. My only guess is, is that they felt like, even though it sold well, uh the reviews just weren't there the hype wasn't just the hype just wasn't there like it was behind Sonic Adventure 1 and from then on out it was like rebooting Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 rebooting Sonic Unleashed 2008 and then from there on out they're afraid to do sequels and it's so strange hey, the only time we have ever had direct sequels to main series games was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and sonic adventure 2 right yeah it's weird right like even generations was such a hit and they didn't think to just do sonic generations 2 i don't think people would have been angry honestly like make it a, a five-year thing like for the 25th anniversary you do sonic Advent sonic uh, generations 20 20- 30th anniversary you know like they're afraid i don't know and i guess sonic adventure 2 is kind of like the end of Sequels. We're not going to see forces two. No, that's for sure.
1: Definitely not.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this twenty two twenty two game becomes so big that they're like, this is this, this is the future, and we're going to do like two and three, and I don't know. We'll see. I hope so because I'm tired of this pivoting. I'm tired of them going, oh, every game is a standalone title with its own little subtitle. <sighs> You know, it's it's time to be like Yakuza. I, I don't think they need to be afraid to get to Sonic 4 for, for like a 3D franchise. Like Sonic Rangers 4, if it's good. Don't be afraid to do that. Yeah.
1: And uh, that's mm. everything for this episode. You uh, want to kick off the ending by reading some of the patreon's comments which are some are pretty long people have some strong opinions when it comes to sonic adventure 2 i've noticed
0: (laughs) that's true um well yeah so if you support us at any level on patreon we will read your memories at the end of the episode um so let's get into it we have alexa Carroll, who i believe is a new backer so welcome Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle holds a very special place in my heart, being the first game that really made me fall in love with video games as a medium. While I had played and enjoyed many games before this, I hadn't experienced one that was so seamlessly melded a narrative and gameplay together in a way that enhanced both. I was so used to games with excuse excuse plots and games without any story at all, So when I saw that opening cutscene of Sonic jumping out of a helicopter, saying a cheesy one-liner, and jumping straight into a level that kept up that energy and excitement, my kid mind was blown away. I had no idea video games could do something like that, and it really opened my eyes to what games can do. I'll never forget my memories with this game, replaying the levels, spending hours and hours raising chow, playing the multiplayer with friends and family, listening to the soundtrack which sounded like nothing I've ever heard in a game before, being shocked to see Green Hill Zone as an unlockable stage at a friend's house and replaying the game from the start and getting stuck on Pumpkin Hill each and every time (laughs) before I got a memory card. Oh god, I'm having flashbacks (laughs) to Sonic Adventure 1 when that happened to me. Um, Although nowadays I have my issues with it, like with how I think the story has a couple tonal issues and how I think the gameplay is too... linear um, for its own good at the end of the day I can't help but still love it happy 20th verse, 20th anniversary to the game that made me a fan of Sonic, Sega and video games as a whole and Daniel Andress replied amen to that sister what a beautiful game indeed
1: right <laughs>
0: I like that um, <laughs> next up we have Nicholas Schaefer he says this game has a very special meaning to me it starts January 31st I had taken all the money from my summer job and took my buddies to the mall. With 600 bucks. we hit the arcade, food court, and then GameStop to buy my first new in-the-box console. I got the Sonic package for 120 It came with Sonic Adventure Shuffle, a demo disc, and a demo of Sonic Adventure 2. When we came home, we took turns playing for the next 48 hours straight... And we mostly played the demo of sa 2. It blew our minds. But my dad chewed me out for being irresponsible with my money because I made the worst spending decision of my life because Sega just announced that the Dreamcast was done. He was so wrong. You're wrong, Dad. The first, the worst financial decision I ever made was selling that console to buy a Wii only to pay three times more money to buy it back two years later.
1: Do you remember that pack?
0: And then he added... What with that it was like a, a Sonic?
1: Bomb? Yeah, it, it came with Sonic Shuffle and Adventure. I remember I sold. I had a N sixty four at the time. I already had a Dreamcast, but then I sold it because it was such a good price mm-hmm. one twenty with two games. to to get the Dreamcast, the, another Dreamcast. That's how good I thought the price was.
0: I had no idea. The matter, Sonic? I didn't know it had the demo. Did it? I don't know if it really? had the demo.
1: but I do know that it had. Uh, They had uh, Shuffle in the first game. I know that. I'm not sure about the demo, though.
0: If it did have the demo, there's no way it was any special packaging, because I would have heard about that, how people are like, oh, did you get the SA2 demo in the cardboard sleeve? It sells for $600 on eBay. You know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Nicholas added, Patreon thoughts are going to need their own podcast. And then Daniel said, maybe they should split this into two parts. (laughs) We're having intermission. Well, here we are. Uh, nearing the two hour mark and we are not doing that, Daniel we are doing everything right now um, so that that does it those are the memories and uh, Sonic Adventure 2 thank you so much I had the strategy guide next to me the whole time I never got to show it but maybe I'll uh, Instagram that uh, post that out there for you guys
1: thank you uh, wrap it up the next episode is your episode do you want to tease anything?
0: You don't even know. Well Jesus, I'm I don't even know because I am having a new baby, so I'm gonna be in Babiesville. So maybe I'll pick something that'll be easy to easy to record and easy to cover during that hectic time. Am I gonna pull the snail maze card? Is that gonna happen? Maybe. I was gonna say born near the twenty third.
1: Almost Sonic's birthday, that's pretty good.
0: I tried to make it happen. I I tried to make it happen. But hey, that means I get to watch the concert tomorrow. And there's a video going out by Sega, which I think I will be in, so keep your eyes peeled.
1: That's it for this episode of Sega Talk. Catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye.
0: I won